Hey podcast, thanks for listening. Hope you're having great holidays. Um, we're in the midst of it. We got New Year's Eve coming up here this week. It's awesome. Wanted to give a quick heads up on two different things. One, this podcast that you're about to listen to with Dean Forbes. John and I just thought was epic and we wanted to continue to talk to Dean because he had so much. But we decided uh, on the spot behind the scenes to split it up into two. So we started having a little bit of audio trouble, as you'll hear right towards the end. So apologize for that. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. Um, and then we decided let's go ahead and run Dean for a second round on this upcoming Thursday. So um, the, the absolute next episode will be Dean. He's going to take us through um, – his four dynamic steps for impacting people from stage. And when Dean talks about stage, what he really means is wherever you stand. So for him, he means, you know, literally standing on a stage, but that could be behind a chair, which is where I take it to. That could be in a, you know, uh, if you're an owner with a, uh, one of your stylists that you're working with. So wherever you're trying to influence people, and obviously hairstylists have a heavy influence on people, and we have the opportunity to really impact people's lives, as we saw during this last year. Uh, second heads up I want to give is we're doing the four-day intensive for salon owners and managers. We're taking that virtually February 21st and 22nd. Maybe it's 22nd and 23rd. Not sure. You'll have to check the dates in the link. Um, and then the next weekend as well, that'll be um, February the 28th and March 1st. So we'll split it up into two weekends. It's a four-day ride. Well, you'll be able to have some personal coaching in between. But this is, you know, we know that COVID gave us a crazy shakeup this year. A lot of you um, have hung on and survived. Some of you are thriving. But um, if you're not and you feel like you're just needing a little extra support as an owner or a manager, be a great opportunity to spend four days with John, myself, Brian, Purdue, and a host of other people that are going to really just focus on the art and science of salon ownership, um, leadership, culture, uh, how to help your stylist grow. It'll all be packed in these four days. So um, you can email us at info at 124go if you're interested. Uh, the entire ride is $1,295. That's $1,295. And if you happen to be a Kuhn salon, you can use your loyalty points or loyalty dollars to book this as well. So I've rambled enough. I just want you to know I think this is a great opportunity for salon owners and managers. And for everybody in this industry, enjoy this episode with Dean Forbes. Bye, everybody. See you soon. The, the question that was asked in the program is, don't just find your superpower, but what is the thing that no matter what's going on in the world, if time, money, and sleep didn't exist, okay, you would never relinquish this job that mm -hmm. you do. This thing that you do, you would never relinquish it. Boom. It, uh, that's been the international signal for it's time to start the podcast for a couple of years now. We're talking about a different signal, but we just don't know what it is yet. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Shop Talk Podcast brought to you by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Sulemay, with my bud, John Palmieri. 
And um, man, we have a really exciting conversation today. An old friend of both of ours, actually, both John and I have crossed paths um, with this young man. I call him young because he just, he never, <laughs> this man never ages, pisses me off. It never, you never age. Um, we're sitting here with Dean Forbes. So first of all, welcome, Dean. Thank you, guys. I appreciate being here, man. It's so good to be connected again. And I'm looking forward to what this is going to bring today. Yes. It's yes. Be awesome. Yeah, same. Excited. And, Dean, you know, Dean, just to give you guys a framework, if you're listening and kind of don't know who he is yet, um, Dean and I met back in back in my Redken days, and I and I actually watched you give a presentation from stage. And then uh, we ended up probably closing a bar down that night, I feel like in, in the hotel in Orlando um, and, and talked a lot. And, and um, you know, one of the things that I can say, fr- I, I have a direct memory of that presentation. Um, and I have a direct memory of you, you know, being, uh, having charisma on stage and clarity, which is, I think, a package that not a lot of speakers, you know, they either have charisma or they have clarity, but not a lot of times do you see somebody that has both. And um, since that time, you've had quite a career journey. You've helped uh, hundreds, if not thousands of salons and hundreds and definitely thousands of hairstylists kind of, I want to say at the time, I would have called it professionalism. You were helping them become more professional, but you've really refined your message as of late into helping people sell, whether that from whatever stage they stand on, whether that be in front of a thousand people or behind a chair or as an owner manager who has to influence people in their salon to move a, a, the direction that we're all hoping to go. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what you're really doing. So you started a company called Dean Forbes Media and you're currently doing a coaching program, 12 weeks called the Impact Accelerator Program with the idea that you're, you're gonna be able to teach people the steps that you've kind of been perfecting over around 20 years that have, and I love that you did this, that have been responsible for over $60 million in other people's sales. You've been able to help other people generate, and whether that was back in your L'Oreal days and helping salons sell better or sales consultants that you worked with, and then now um, both in and outside of the salon industry. So um, I, I know that was a long-winded introduction, but I think you've earned every sentence of it. Put. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting in this conversation. John, I know you've got some things on your mind as well as we get into this. Yeah, I want to start here. Dean, uh, why this? So the funny thing about this is <clears throat> up until probably a year and a half ago, I thought that I had clarity as um, Chris talked about, about what I actually did and what was it that drew people to me or what was it that I was doing to actually help people? Because most of the times when I would, you know, go into a salon or go sit with any business owner that I'm going to work with, they bring me in to help them make money. That's pretty much what it, that, that's where the problem starts, right? You know, we're not profitable, not making money. So, you know, people have given me a lot of titles that I didn't give myself, you know, coach, life coach, guru, business coach, all kinds of names. But this is just how they see me. So about a year and a half ago, I met w- one mentor, like another coach. And one of the first things he told me was that, you know, you, you need to refine your offer. You need to, you know, know what your superpower is and, you know, all these little things that I hadn't thought right. about really. 
fast forward from a year and a half ago to me getting into another program because, you know, I spent a lot of money developing myself as well. The one thing that stuck out to me was the, the question that was asked in the program is, don't just find your superpower, but what is the thing that no matter what's going on in the world, if time, money, and sleep didn't exist, okay, you would never relinquish this job that mm-hmm. you do. This thing that you do, you would never relinquish it. And when I thought about that, I said, man, I mean, I, I love the stage. I've been on stages my entire life. So it doesn't matter what career I had or where I was working, the stage has always been my bread and butter. It's where I made my money. It's where I made other people money, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm always standing on a stage whether it be virtual or physical. So that was the first piece when I discovered, I was like, holy crap, the light bulb went off. And I said, wait, mm-hmm. I need to refine this. So what exactly do I do from stage? And what it comes down to is our marketing gets a lot of the, uh, the accolades and all that type, you know, it, 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 it get all hoopla and it deservedly so because that's the oxygen of your business. Right. Mm-hmm. But even the oxygen needs blood to take it to every single cell in the body. Well, your impact factor, how you influence people, that's the lifeblood of your business. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what takes the oxygen to everywhere you go. And when I'm on stage or on whatever stage I'm on, what I've always been able to do was inspire people to take massive action. So sell anything from stage, whether that be a conversion to doing something, mm-hmm. a product I'm selling, a service I want you to take, someplace I want you to go, something I want you to do. It's all sales. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. So that's what, attra- so it was that I was attracted to it so much that it yeah. is been what I have always been doing. And I just, was able to refine it finally. And now I can point it though. The difference is now I can point it wherever I want to. You know, before it was happening and it's good, but now that I understand exactly what each of the successful steps are that I've always taken every single time to create that momentum, now I can point this in any direction I want to take it. And I can help other people point in the direction they want to go as well. I want to touch base on something you said, because I thought that was really important. The difference between marketing and sales, you know, and specifically, I think with, you know, the state of our industry right now with, you know, COVID, the pandemic, blah, 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 blah. I think one of the things as stylists that we're really trying to do is we're we're marketing ourselves more, right? Mm -hmm. We're doing the Instagram, we're doing the Instagram stories. Maybe we get a TikTok. We're working with referral cards. We're asking for, you know, recommendations from our customers. That's marketing though. Right. Mm-hmm. And That's I think marketing. that, yeah, there's a disconnect or maybe not a complete follow through with all that marketing we just did. And how do we turn that marketing and energy you put into that into dollars? So can right. we talk about that a little more? We can absolutely talk about that a little more. It's a fine line, but it's a huge hole, mm-hmm. actually, between mm-hmm. two. I mean, it's a swamp, right? Because here's, here's the reason. What most people don't realize is that part of your marketing is the sale. And if you knew that already, then you would know, because here's what it does. Let's just say your marketing is fantastic, off the wall, the best marketing you've ever seen because the strategies work. What do you do when the people show up? How do you get them to believe in you beyond the first transaction? Mm -hmm. You have to sell something, whether that be the experience whether that be your charisma, whether that be the way you take care of them, whether that be in your service excellence, whether that be in the hands of a surgeon, because I'm so skilled, you're going to come back. Because if you market to me and I'm, and you're phenomenal at marketing or whoever, and and I come to you and you suck, (laughs) I'm going to tell everybody that you're a charlatan. Okay. So that's, what's going to happen, you know, and that's going to be negative. Now, 
dinner isn't served until sales sets the table. Okay. And the reason I say that is because let's say your marketing is crap. Let's just say your marketing is crap. It's not that great. Um, well, and, and in the, and the, in the case of salons, it's non-existent It's, it's non-existent it's b- because I don't understand marketing. Right. So, I mean, that's a, that's a piece as well. I don't want to butt in cause you're on a roll, but right. continue. We will talk about that too, if you want to, Yeah. but let's say your marketing is non-existent or it's crap, right? So you still have some people sitting in your chair. Well, here's the thing. In, in the salon industry specifically, referrals is one of the metrics that we actually track right. and count, right? And part of the benchmark for you to step up or level up in, in your game and level up in your salon and grow. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a marketing opportunity right there in your chair. But the first thing you have to do, you have to sell. And I know, I know this is a dirty word still in the salon industry. I get it. I bet if you don't believe you're selling yet, you're, you're playing the wrong game. You're playing the short game. You're playing no game at all. You're, on, you're warming the bench. So my point is you have, a, you have a person in your chair that has the potential to bring you as many referrals as possible. But here, here two things don't happen. Number one, you don't exhibit the confidence to actually show them who you really are when they come to the chair. You know, like your entire expertise and your personality in the whole nine yards. You got to sell them that first. And then you also may not have the confidence to ask them to help you and send your referral. See, people also want to be on stage. They love to be on a stage to help you. That's what I try to get so many beauty professionals I've worked with to understand. Give people an opportunity to help you. They will. But guess what? Most of the times, people just don't know what to do unless you tell them. One of the biggest parts of impacting people is telling them what to do next. It's called the call to action. You Mm -hmm. need to tell people what to do next. Don't be afraid. They're waiting for you to tell them what to do next. Yeah. Now, one big lesson, if you're in a service-based business, it means that your business is subjective. People don't understand it. It's not objective. It's mm-hmm. subjective. Yep. What does that mean? It means people don't come to you for what the general wants or needs. They come to you for your opinion. You need to subject them to what you do, and they want you to subject them to what they do. That's why they pay you. Right. I'm going I'm to butt in and I, I, I love the way this conversation has started out and gotten hot really quick. And I, I want to continue to sell you that if you're listening um, to, to the ideas that Dean's presenting, because we started out with sales and you it, in your in your story, as you were kind of talking about how you got into refining your message. Mm-hmm. I think this is an opportunity that we've been talking about for a long time in the salon industry. And I'm going to go all the way back to the Gary Harlan days of wow. <laughs> the seminar, um, create your dream clientele. I remember be, being exposed to that idea that I would, I would hone down, I would refine, I would niche down to what I wanted my clientele to be. And at the time I took it for granted, I said, well, I know what I want. I want blonde highlights in my chair. You know, I was doing hair in Tampa, blonde highlights. That's easy, blonde highlights. But now that I'm older, I guess, and I've had some experience, I re- I have a new, way new respect for niching down. And I also have a belief that most, um, whether you're an independent self-employed stylist whether you're uh, a stylist that works in a commission or a team-based salon, or whether you're a salon owner, manager, leader of a chain salon, like, like I still don't think we've t- 
taken that very seriously. And Dean, it sounds like up until a year ago, even with your experience, you hadn't landed on exactly what that meant yet. This is a great topic that you're bringing up here, Chris. And the thing is, you do need to check in and, and continue to actually refine as you go along, because the, the, the more laser focus you can point. Dean, yeah. I want, and I want to frame this question for you. Yeah. I want you to frame this question for our 80 to 100 hair school students that we graduate each year at the CUNE Academy by 124, and maybe some of our newer Genesis stylists who are two, three, a year in, and they're, and they're trying to find their voice. All right, perfect. I will do just that. And I'm going to do it actually in two shakes because I think this is important. So I'm going to start it with uh, from, from where they, they ultimately want to go. I'm going to bring them right back to where they're going to start out and, and explain exactly how this works because that niching down is so key. And I'm going to use the example of exactly what took place in my ladies and I salon that we just sold. This is a salon that definitely existed in the top 5% across the entire country. It's a multi-million dollar salon. Now she's a graduate of the program that we know of, uh, Chris mm-hmm. <laughs> and John, you know, the program, sure. uh, but she, she, she followed that system to the letter. Now, when we got together, I started applying some of the things that I'm teaching now because I hadn't refined it yet, but I, I was teaching this. Right. And I talked about the whole niching down thing. Now let's take our level six in the salon. Cause we created a level six because she's a six figure plus stylist at this point. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that actually bought the salon from us. She only does for the most part, short haircuts like bobs and that type of color all day long. This is her forte. People come to her for that like there's nobody's business and she loves it. It's, a haircut is 15 minutes for her. She charges $120 a haircut. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes, $120. At one point, she was scared because she was like, what if I don't get those fillings, those, those, those haircuts, the this, the that? I mean, if I don't have like big tickets, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. And I said, Brent, the same conversation about the subjectivity I gave her. I said, I promise you this. People aren't here for your objectivity. They come for your subjectivity. Okay. When mm-hmm. people ask for you, they specifically say, who's your best razor sharp, short haircut gal? Who's that? And if we say your name and they come to you and you deliver the service that you always deliver, you will have people going in and out of your chair. They will spend $1,000 to spend 15 minutes with you because they know they're going to get the precision that they need. So she took on that persona and she sold it. I'm talking, she packed so much value in 15 to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't believe she spared no, no. And I mean, she didn't hold anything back from the beverage you drank in 20 minutes to the massage you got in the, at, at the back to the, the silence during the, like, a, a perfect example. She would say, Chris, pardon me as I create the masterpiece we talked about. I won't be speaking while I'm doing this. Feel free to read this magazine or sip your beverage. Is that okay with you? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Done. Yeah. And then she's turned around. How do you think? Great. Spends the next five minutes having a conversation as she's waiting for her guests to come in. Do you understand the value? Right. I mean, it's it's 15 minutes doing the actual service, but she's booked on the half an hour most of the time. Right. But she the the, the value that she's able to pack in that time. But it was only because she 
well, number one, she was open to the learning because she was nervous in the beginning, but she took the time to actually master that persona. Now, it mm. doesn't mean she doesn't ever work on long hair or anything like that. That happens too because people just want to go to her. Sure. But 85% of her clientele only do that. And right. she's a six-figure plus stylist, legitimately. I'm not even talking about tips right now. Yeah, yeah I get it. Okay, she's a legitimate six-figure. Now, take that same conversation to a newbie. Came into the salon in October of last year. Zero clientele. Mom, just coming back into the game. She was doing hair in the house. Came mm -hmm. to us. She was hungry, though. See, one of the things I want to say to the students that are going to be graduating from the school, the school that you're talking about, from your school, is they need to remain hungry. In this game, you got to be hungry. You, you need to really want it, but you got to find your spot and then be hungry for it. Now, she was hungry, hated doing short hair. But what was her thing? Her thing was long hair, blonde, balayages. She is the bomb at doing these. Mm -hmm. Do you know what somebody told her? One person said, there, you know, you shouldn't do that because if you lose one of those clients, you're dead in the water. Hmm. She sat in front of me and said, but Dean, I love doing that type type of hair and I said well why would you stop she said well people keep telling me I'm going to lose money I said why would you lose money she goes well if one person leaves me I said well why would somebody leave you well if I do a bad job then they're going to leave me I said do you intend to do a bad job she said no I said well why would anybody leave you she said well I don't know I said well tell me something Michael Jordan and I said this I said Michael Jordan was once asked is he ever worried about having a ball for the final shot and he said, why would I ever worry about a shot I hadn't taken yet? Why would I ever worry about a shot I hadn't taken yet? So she didn't, she didn't take the shot yet, but she was already worried. Yeah. Long story short, she said, Dean, I will do anything you tell me to do. I just want it to work. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Give, give it to me. Coach me. She would take copious notes and everything on how to, we could talk about this later, about how to talk to the client, what to say, how to do it. This young lady jumped from level one, where she started out at zero, to level two, fastest, in hair design by avant-garde history took her three and a half months wow. why because she sold it in the chair she had models from instagram texting her mm -hmm. i need to sit in your chair and do my hair for my next shoot you know why because she took two mavens from instagram as i instructed her to do, brought them in she did the script of why she loves doing this. This is what she does. This is her specialty. You want to get ready for a shoot. All of that. She did the whole nine yards each time. And she does it with every single guest. Every time they sit in the chair. Every single time. She never misses. And her one line. I'm going to give you one line that she uses that takes her over the top because she sells product too. After she's done, she'll say, it is my job to educate you. It's your job to choose. That's the love that. Yep. It's my job to educate you. It's your job to choose. What I love about that line is it takes the pressure off of the stylist that's afraid to have the conversation. Right. And it also takes the pressure off the guest. Yes, As I'm does. sitting on the other side of that, if you're going to say to me, you know, it's my job to educate, it's your job to choose, then I, you've almost given me permission to say no if, if, right. I don't want it. And as right. and having that permission, I don't feel the pressure. I'm just kind of putting right. myself in that client's space. What's interesting about that is that's how she opens. 
When we talk about the consultation and she's doing the consultation, we could talk about so much when it comes to selling here, but I'm just, right now I'm just going off. I hope you guys don't mind because I, I love yeah. this stuff. She, she would say, she, she, when she starts, she starts to say things like, like, you know, so let's Susie sitting in her chair. She would say, Susie, uh, I'm so glad that you told me about these issues you're having. It sounds to me like you're feeling, now she doesn't say, because I tell her to bring back the pain. Mm-hmm. She goes, she doesn't say things like your hair is dry and all that type of stuff. She doesn't even like, she say, I can, I, I, I take it that when your hair gets dry, you feel like this, you feel like that. And one of the things I'm going to do for you today is I'm going to make sure that I educate you every step of the way. So you know exactly what I'm doing. So you can recreate this look and this feeling when you're home. So at the end, when she says, it's my job to educate your job to choose, they've already got the seed planted five times throughout right. the entire service. Yeah. Yeah. Dean, what, what you said is so powerful. What I want to do is let's let's talk about how to make that happen. Because everything you just heard was brilliant, right? Love all that. I want to put it to use. Yet if I back up for half a second, one of the things that happens is we worry about what might happen. We worry yeah. about that shot we're not even taking. Right. So let's cross that bridge first. Because yeah. I think before, you know, because I think there's going to be some great learning here. But the first learning I think that's really important is help me as a stylist, help me as that level one, help mm-hmm. me as that person coming out of school, not to be worried about that shot I haven't even taken yet. The number one thing you got to do is you need to embrace your vulnerability. The power in your vulnerability is what is going to connect you to people. I've, this is a lesson that I know all too well. Why am I saying that? Because I'm Jamaican by birth, okay? And when I came to this country, I was 12 years old. Now, you imagine a kid going to school. If you were wondering that- why everything Dean says sounds so cool, <laughs> he, just, he just gave you the answer. <laughs> right. So, but but when you're 12 years old and you're dropped in the middle of Brooklyn, going to school, having a Jamaican accent is not such a good idea. I okay. mean, you get chased and beat up for this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I went through a whole two years probably where I was chased a lot, um, ridiculed a lot, looked down upon a lot. So I used to stand in front of the mirror to try to get rid of my accent and speak like an American. Mm-hmm. Okay, did not want to sound like a Jamaican, and. It was my good friend and one of my mentors who taught me how to facilitate, actually. You know the man. Can I say people's names on here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. John Stilato. Mm-hmm. You know John Stilato. So yeah. Johnny was the one that said, because the longer I kept talking when I first started presenting, the more the accent would come out as my, 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 um, my, my linguistic things got tired. The accent would come out. Sure. I would say, Dean, why don't you just let that go? And I'm like, no, because people are going to think, think I'm, I'm stupid. I'm crazy. Or like, you know, I said, we said, why? And I said, no, I can't do that. He said, Dean, you need to learn to embrace your vulnerability. And I, and I said, well, how do I do that? He said, let, let, the, let the audience in on the joke. So what I started doing was that I would say to people, I said, hey, guys, just so you know, I love to talk. And the longer I talk, the more my Jamaican accent is going to come out. And I would say, so for instance, if I were to give you a quote that my dad would say to me all the time, it would sound like this. Dean, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. and the first time i did that now look the first time you do it it's scary right but the first time i did it i got goosebumps because people were so endeared to me and Mm -hmm. ever since i did that this is already like 12 years ago that has been one of the most powerful connectors ever Mm -hmm. that i've ever used from stage right there if you just embrace your vulnerability so whatever it is that plagues you that bothers you that you think people are thinking about Mm -hmm. you know use it so it might sound like this if Susie's a stylist and she's new, she's out of school, she's standing behind a chair. I say, Chris, you know what? I really, really love what I do. 
but sometimes I get a little nervous about some of the things that I, I, I want to say to you. And I want, you know, because what I want to do today is make sure you have the right experience. And if I stumble over my words, it's because I'm searching for a way to make sure I exceed your expectations. Are you okay with that? And Chris is going to say, oh my God, absolutely. Right. See, it's the way you frame it. Look, I'm always searching for a way to exceed your expectations. So if I stumble over my words, please understand. One of the most common vulnerabilities that I hear uh, uh, with our younger stylists right now, but I guess everybody now that I'm thinking it out loud, mm -hmm. the, the word awkward yeah. uh, comes mm -hmm. up a lot. I'm so awkward. And it's interesting because some of those stylists are some of the most creative and talented mm -hmm. and do the most beautiful work and focused. Mm -hmm. I'll right. watch them focus and they don't have the words awkward fill the space that I would have mm -hmm. um, because I spend a lot of time filling the world with hot air. Uh, <laughs> and, and the reality is, is you don't need it that you, you can be it. your own style. But I, I love, man, I just love where you're going with this. Cause you're basically saying, let's call it out first. Do you have another example? Cause that was, yeah. So, I, I, so, so um, the, the young lady I just told you about that, that came out, that just came out of school. Uh, and, and jumped the fastest. Yeah. So she had two levels of vulnerability. Okay. She's really creative. Uh, she gets things. She's, she's, a, she's, I don't want to call her perfectionist, but she really genuinely cares about people. Yeah. But she's messy. <laughs> so she would get color everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And one of the things I heard her say at one point, and now this is because I, I, I taught her how to, how to embrace a vulnerability. She's using this language. But one time I remember she was doing uh, like, a, like a balayage or something and the color mm -hmm. just plopped on the floor right there. And when it plopped on the floor, I could see in her face that she almost got turned red and almost was off her game, okay? And she turned to the guest and she simply said, I forget the guest name, but let's say her name was Mary. And she said, Mary, you know what? One of the things I'd hate to do is to continue working on this masterpiece while we're looking at that. So would you pardon me a second and allow me to clean that up? You know what, the, you know what Mary did? Yeah. Mary said, oh no, never mind. Yeah, do I, it. She had, hold on. She had, a, she had a piece of paper in her hand, like a, like a paper towel. She said, let me get that for you. Yeah. <laughs> and she cleaned it up. Yeah. She cleaned it up for her. Awesome. But the point of her just owning the moment, this right there, it's just so endearing. It's like people just want to hang out with you when you're so real. So it humanizes you. I cannot stress this enough. Right. Humanize yourself, you know? Uh, the, the other one, the level six, even at her level, before she was a level six, she was nervous about, she said, Dean, I can't raise my prices and still charge. I'm doing haircuts in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, bruh, okay. And I said to her, I said, think of Papa John's and Domino's. What do they sell? She goes, well, they sell pizza, duh. I'm like, well, really? Well, they're both pizza companies. Yeah, but what do they actually sell? What's the value that they provide? She goes, what do you mean? Well, well, think about the jingle. Just think about what they do. What does Papa John do? Well, Papa John always wants to hang out with you at like some sporting event or some nonsense. Like I say, yeah, he's up for beer and pizza. That's what he's selling. Mm -hmm. Super Bowl. Now, what about Domino's? She said, we're always claiming that they're going to get there fast. Bingo. They sell speed. And people buy it because they want their food now. Right. I said, Brent, the people you attract in your chair, do you understand that these are people who have two things in common? Okay. They want a very high value 
service and experience. And number two, they don't have time. They're busy like you. They right. make a lot of money like you. They want to get in and get out, but it better be goddamn good if they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So you don't worry about your speed. Focus on dumping that value into this 15 or 20 minutes that you're spending with him and watch what happens. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, her situation just dialed up. I mean, yep. we ended up having to create another level in the salon because she exceeded level five, uh, you know, in, in, in the program that we talked about. And it was just crazy. She, she couldn't even believe it. And by the way, I just want people to understand something. This is a stylist where I raised her prices $20 in one shot across the board. Mm-hmm. She almost had a baby <laughs> when I said that. She was like, Dean, I, I, and, and this is right on the heels of us raising the prices globally in the salon by 10%. Wow. And then I added $20 to hers. So she went that. from, watch this. She went from doing an, uh, uh, at the time, I think it was a $79 haircut to a $99 haircut. Like that. Right. And her and, clients probably said, I was wondering when you were going to raise your prices. Yeah. Well, so here's what happened. She said, Dean, they're going to leave. I'm like, look, you have plenty of people in the salon to, to, to give the people to that don't want to hang out with you anymore. But watch what's going to happen. One lady complained about it, just one. And she said, I want to talk to the owner or the manager. Calls me the next day, or I call her back the next day I'm in the salon. I get on the phone with her. She goes, Brent's prices are too exorbitant. How could you raise them so much? Blah, 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 blah. I said, I said, I forget her name right now, but I said that I said something like, I said, well, uh, I, you know, I apologize if it's an inconvenience to you. However, in our salon, stylists earn their promotions and Brent has been doing such an awesome and amazing job. And her time is so in demand. She had no choice but to actually raise the prices because everybody wants to sit in her chair, including you. And I said, but honestly, you know, Stella would be great. That's who Bryn recommended for you. She's awesome. And she actually came up under the toolage of Bryn. She was Bryn's associate. So she knows how to do exactly what Bryn does because Bryn taught her everything she knows. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. No one else could cut my hair. I'm going Bryn. to Bryn. Yeah. That's, exactly <laughs> That's right. what she said. Yeah. She didn't even, she didn't bat an eye. She was like, yeah. thank you for explaining it to me. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. She yeah. wanted the reasoning behind it. And, it. and the fact is, is, you know, we say this all the time. It's, it's supply and when we, I, there's so many fancy words out there that we can lose sight of the fact that what we're talking about is supply and mm-hmm. demand. Right. And once my time is full as a stylist, no matter what the services are, the only thing I can do to earn more, to earn more, meaning right. I deserve right. the only thing I can do is have, a, is have the right price adjustment for the right situation. And you know, so many people get held back by that. That might be a good talking point. John, where's your head at? Because I'm, I'm about to walk into the fear of raising a price when it's appropriate. And, and the other thing that's on my mind as I'm listening to Dean is, when is it appropriate, right? Because, yeah. So, yeah. because there is, and John talks about this a lot, about the, the meme out there that you are worth it. And, and we yeah. believe you're worth it as a human being but there are, there is kind of a systematic way to increase 100%. your and have a right pricing. And by the, the other thing I want to say real quick before we move forward is we're, we're friends with everybody in the industry. So we're happy to, to, to call out that I know it was the summit system that you were talking about. Okay, sure. we've, we've had some of their coaches on and um, we even have a couple of our girls taking the luxury language course that Heather Bagby created. And so right. um, we, we have, we have no right. fear of uh, giving credit where credit's All right. 
Uh, which is which is great. I'm fine with yeah, that. I just yeah. don't know what the protocol is, so that's why I'm being very. Yeah. Nope, that's that's our protocol. Let it fly. Yeah, we're an open All forum. Right. Let's tell the truth. All right. So here's because now knowing where Chris is going to go next, here's the piece for me that comes just before that. You know, Chris alluded to there's this meme going out there with charge what you're worth, charge what you're worth, right? Mm -hmm. Which I love that. Yet I think something needs to come before that, right? Yes. And what comes before that is the value you talked about, you mm -hmm. know. And I think that that's where some style of struggle. How do I add more value to that 15 minutes, that 30 minutes, that 45 minutes? Because when you when you tell me that, Dean, my I give a good haircut, isn't that enough? Yeah, so, <laughs> right. Give me more as a stylist, as a student coming out of school. When you say give more value, tell me exactly what that is, because I want to do it. I just don't okay. know what it is. All right. So uh, one of the things that I I teach now in the coaching program that I talk about is, as a matter of fact, none of the other three pieces will work if you can't do this. So you have to begin with what I call an impact first mindset. And when you say the three pieces, what are the three pieces? So, so the first one is you need to identify, harness, and magnify your superpower. Okay, that's it. number one. Then number two is you need to follow a proven system of influence that influences physiology, psychology, and emotional triggers that's built upon real world results. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then uh, number three is what I call mastering the P well, take your, take your clients or whoever it is that you're selling to on an epic adventure. Okay. And that means it's in the story that you tell. It's in the, the way you put it, the analogies you use. The, I teach people how to sell with metaphors. So you got to master what I call the PTI playbook, which is the power to influence playbook. But you could get all those three pieces and you could know them inside and out. But if you don't start with an impact first mindset, you mm -hmm. lose all the value that's in those three pieces. And the reason is, so John asked a very specific, specific question. How do I add more value? Well, if your client's in your chair and you're talking to this person consultation after consultation, what impacts that person the most? When they leave, what do they talk about the most? You make sure that that is always happening. If a person reads, you know, Magazines, I don't know if they're back or out of salons. To me, they were never really the problem, to be honest with you. Uh, but let's say it's a magazine. Let's just use a magazine, for instance, and it's Us Weekly, and you have that subscription in the salon. Well, before Janet sits down in your chair, you need to have the most current um, version of Us Weekly. But you know Janet is not going to read that until you're doing your haircut, right? So you need to present that to Janet the moment you, Janet here's your Us Weekly. We're about to start your haircut right now. And as you know, I like to be silent when I'm creating this fancy piece. So why don't you go ahead and read. Boom, over, done, drop the mic. Just, just doing that alone. Yep. Knowing what type of wine the person takes if your salon serves wine. We used to serve wine, red or white, Chardonnay, Pinot Grigio, Cab, whatever. You know, mm -hmm. And down to knowing the interval by which they take the wine. Once, one right when they start doing a consultation, and again, when you're applying color to their hair, that's when you refresh it. You don't ask between that, none of that. So you add value by knowing your client better than they know themselves. Think about the impact. What impact do I want to have on this person today? What do they always take away that means the most to them? What do they harp on the most? Right. Look at the review that they might have left you. And what did they talk about in the review? You, all of this stuff is all information that's available to you that you could use at your disposal anytime. Look at the review a person left. And because I've had people who left reviews for hair design that had nothing to do with hair. 
Yeah. Oh my God, the front desk staff is so awesome. They address you by name. And I would say, hey, listen, the next time Mary comes in, make sure you address her by name. And by the way, she loves her coffee with two sugars and one cream. Yeah. And we put that note in the computer, by the way. Right. So when, people, when it pops up, they see it. And you don't even ask her if she wants coffee because she has it every single time. We would rather make the cup of coffee and have her say, you know what? I don't really I'm need coffee ready. today. I'm okay. Yeah. But oh. have it done. And by the time she sits down, the coffee's there waiting and her Us Weekly, I mean, my God, the value is, I can't even explain it. It's priceless. Priceless. Yeah. Absolutely priceless. Love that. Thanks, Dean. Oh, absolutely. That's, and that's exactly how you do it. You know, aromatherapy is another, oh my God, there's, there's just too many. <laughs> aromatherapy at the, at the, at the, the wash bowl right. or whatever you, they choose, the washroom, whatever they choose to call it at this point, there's been so many names. Uh, by the way, I hope I can say this on here. One of the things I've noticed is, uh, there, there have been labels being swapped around for different things, clients, guests, yep. washroom, sure. um, therapy, all this stuff. This is all marketing, by the way, but it's all fluff and hope marketing. It means absolutely nothing if you don't have the mindset that goes along with that and the confidence to treat it that way. If you're going to call it a washroom, mm, act like make, it's a washroom. It, if you're gonna, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. you can call it whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. You know, if you build it, they will not come. Yeah. You know, it's okay. funny, Dean, you, you remind me of a story, you know, that this, this, this level of service that you're just talking about here, right? The magazine, the coffee, it becomes an expectation for the guest, right? Yeah. And yeah. that expectation turns into marketing, right? Absolutely. Because they go out into the world and they tell people, right? Yeah. Uh, once upon a time, when I had my salon up north, one of the services that we gave was we gave a stress relieving scalp massage at the sink we never asked it was never something we asked you if you wanted it was something we'd say hey dean welcome to the salon you know one of the things we do here is we can do a stress relieving scalp massage we're about to get started we yeah. never asked you just got one well, one day i don't know what it is what it was but i'll have to own it this gentleman came in and he was big and he was burly <laughs> And he probably had a flannel shirt on. And I was thinking, this guy isn't going to want a scalp massage, right? <laughs> so I didn't give it to him, right? I just dipped him in the sink, gave him a shampoo, took him back. Anyways, he went home, told his wife. She said, how was the scalp massage? Oh Wasn't that God. great? And he said, I, I didn't get one. You mean you get a you get a scalp massage? And she's like, it's the best part. Well, she called me up, not the husband, and yeah. said, John, don't be, what the you right. didn't do it. Sure. Because in my own head, right? Yeah. I had a preconceived notion of what a client wanted, what they expected. And yet go. the very reason he came to the salon, because his wife Hold loved, loved the marketing we did and yep. we fell down. Right. It yeah. It's, what's what's super interesting about that is we built our, I mean, and I, I hate to sound like an old guy who pontificates about the past on his podcast, but I'm going to do it. We we did the same thing. We built it on that. I think it was Win Claybaugh that I learned that yeah. from, that we were going to do a five-minute stress relieving scalp massage, your exact words. Yeah. We built our business on that. And it was, and in listening to your story, it was the guy's who it loved it? Husbands yeah. came in and they and they would, you know, always running joke and laughing like, Daniel's going to shampoo my hair. Chris is going to shampoo my hair. You know, right. Alex is going to shampoo because we were committed to it. Yeah. And, yeah. and we made sure. And 
we exploded our clientele around that. And so, and nowadays I'll hear people going, oh my God, the client moaned. And I was like, that's my goal. That's my right. goal. So, so Chris, know? listen, let's not lose the gem in something you actually said, actually. You, you use a very specific word. Mm-hmm. We were committed to We it. were committed. 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 Understand this, all you newbies coming out of school right now. Yeah. Get committed and obsessed. Yeah. Your craft and how you deliver it. And I'm not talking about the technical pieces that come out of your hand. Right. I'm talking about the pieces that come out of your heart, out of your soul. Yeah. Okay? You need to put your heart and soul. You need to get obsessed with how you deliver this craft and let it flow through your hands all you want. But think about what's coming out of your heart and what's coming out of your soul. Think about that impact you're about to have on that person. You cannot fathom the ripple effects of your actions. So right. you better choose wisely how you do something. Because listen, if you do a bad job on Sally, she's probably going to tell a thousand people. Okay. She's got Facebook and Instagram and Twitter right. and TikTok. Okay. If you do a good job, she's going to tell a hundred people. Yeah. I mean, people tell somewhere in the neighborhood of, I think 70 to 75% less people, the good things than they, than they do the bad things. They tell them more negative stuff. So you've got to take real care in how you do this. If you really want this to be your career and you really want to be in the top class of the elite. Yeah get committed, get obsessed. You know, this stuff we're doing right now on this podcast, I'm obsessed with this stuff. I, if time, money and speed didn't exist, I can't think of anything else I'd be doing. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's very simple. All right. So let's go with what Chris was bringing up. Yeah. What's next? So you got these three different levels you were talking about. So Chris mentioned something about the fear though. So, and I think where we were going with that was Oh, I'd have to go backwards to it. Yeah. Well, you wanted to talk about the fear uh, that comes along with actually the, the selling piece, really. Sure. Uh, because, you know, something has to come before that. And, and oh, the fear of raising prices. Yes. Yeah. It was raising the prices. The fear of raising prices and the system of raising prices. So we don't yeah. just raise prices because we're worth it, because we are as a human mm-hmm. being. But you you earn your price increases or, and price adjustments through supply and demand through getting obsessed, through following through and being committed. Sure. And so talk about, you know, why she was able to take such a big price hike. There's some math behind that. There's, there's some- a map behind that. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a map behind it. The, the way this works, first of all, you know, and w- what you will hear me go back to a lot is working on people's mindset, right? So here's right. the mindset that comes along with raising prices, which comes along with almost everything. But part of mindset training is you need to learn how to separate who you are from what you do. Okay. Who you are is an amazing freaking human being. Okay. Sometimes we fall down. Sometimes you get scrapes and bruises. We hit roadblocks and you're not always operating at the 10 level that your amazing self is. That's fine. Okay. Sure. We learn from these things. So you got to separate who you are from what you do. Why is that important? Because if you separate who you are from what you do, then you know that there's no getting, there's no getting better as you. You're amazing. What can get better though, is what you're doing. Mm. understanding that whatever results are happening around you at some level is coming from you, something you're doing or not doing. You got to separate who you are from what you do, because the moment you start to think of any failings or falling down as you, it only spirals you down into depression and doubt and I'm not good enough and all those things. And it, that's harder to come back from. Yeah. Now, the moment you understand that you are an amazing human being and that person is here always, never, that person has never gone anywhere. It's always been there. Now you can focus on what you're doing and you can say to yourself, okay, self, what am I doing that's working? 
But what am I doing that's not working? And if you have a mentor somebody to teach you this stuff, they can teach you that, right? This is how you, you, you get to the point where you know you're worth something because you know you're putting the work in. That's the first part. The mm-hmm. first part of having that confidence is you know, like I can easily tell people every single time, hundreds of thousands of dollars went into building this. I know what I'm doing. I am the best at it when I get on stage, bar none. This was made like that. Money, effort, time, blood went into that. How much did you spend on your education when you went to uh, beauty school? You know, how many people told you you couldn't do it and you did it anyway? How many times did you fall down and have to get back up? How many colors did you mess up? So don't tell me you can't do it. You can do it and you can get better. So once you have that confidence that you can get better, how do you raise your prices? That formula is very, very simple. When you can no longer do what you've always done to scale your business, Okay, uh, and, and, and with the same people in your chair, you have to raise your prices because it means that your time is in demand. Typically, that comes, comes about when you're about 70 to 80% on, you know, booked all the time, mm-hmm. right? So raising prices comes down to how in demand your time is with your clients, right? People can't find places to put clients. People want special treatment. They want a certain spot. Everybody wants you at nine o'clock in the morning on a, on a Friday or whatever right. the case might be, you know, you can even do it when, Hey, you know what? My Wednesdays kind of suck, but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, I can't find room to even go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You can raise your prices period in the story, but you have to have the confidence behind it. And right. the, the, the question becomes, well, how much should you raise your prices by? How much should you raise, raise your prices by? And my answer to that is it depends. Why does it depend? Uh, you know, th- and the reason, I, and I learned this later on in my coaching of salons because I've coached now all around the country. So for instance, in Florida, it's seasonal, right? But Naples is also one of the richest neighborhoods in the United States. Yeah, okay? per capita, I think it's yeah. I think it's the highest income per right. capita. Maybe a neighborhood so, in Connecticut is right. higher. But so we, we sell our products at 110% markup is how we sell our products right? Because of that. It's not 100% mark, it's 110%. Nobody bats an eye, right? So we uh, do the same with services. We tack on an additional, so, you know, if you're following the summit program in terms of how they raise prices and stuff like that in Naples, you tack on another 10 or 15% to that uh, price raising. So, you know, but, so you guys ready for a radical move? Love it. Okay. So here's a radical move. And a a salon owner taught me this. Uh, And uh, this is what I did. I stopped going by percent raising prices and I stopped using any uh, type of systematic, like, uh, you know, raise it by five, raise it by mm-hmm. 5%, 10%. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. Okay. Levels one to three. You can't work in my salon if you don't raise your prices across the board by a minimum of $10. When, we yeah. can talk $10. So haircuts go up by 10 um, and that's every level you jump, by the way. Haircuts go up by 10, basic color goes up by 10, your highlights go up by 10, period, end of conversation. There's no talk about this. What will happen is- And would yeah. that be the same coaching in a, you know, a smaller town, you know? And I don't care where it is. I've done it, so I've done it everywhere. And I'm gonna give you an example of, of the, how those have worked out. Sure. If you're a level four and above, it's $20, period. I just, and by the way, guys, I want you to know something. I. I didn't pull that out of my, you know what, I won't say it like that, but nobody gave that to me. That's 
experience talking and watching what's happened in the game over, over the last 17 years. And I said, you know what? This is BS. This whole, you know, $5 raise crap, that's not a raise. No, no. We are in this business to have the kind of freedom and lifestyle so we can continue to do this thing that we love. Mm -hmm. Anything less than $10 per service is not even worth it to me anymore. I'm not coaching on that anymore. And I just did it. And I had a few brave people that were able to go along with me. And you know what happened? Nothing. Yeah. The world was still standing. Nothing happened. I did this in Naples. I did it in Ridgeway, Pennsylvania, which is a small town where I helped that salon owner actually create almost a $2 million business. Her business was running efficiently after she became the dynamic leader she needed to be. She got diagnosed with colorectal cancer. She was missing for a year and a half. The business grew. Wow. She wasn't there. Business grew. She actually, her testimony, I'm getting goosebumps as I'm talking about it right now, Carrie Mack. Her, her testimonial to me when I asked her to, to give me one, she said, Dean, I'll write a book about you. But what she did was she did a testimonial. Her last few lines, she said, Dean, thank you for not just saving my business, but for saving my life. Uh. Now, look, man, when you get stuff like that coming back to you, it's so humbling, number one. And number two, how could you stop doing this? How could you stop serving people? I just, I don't even know how to do that, man. I can't stop drinking from that well. If this is the kind of transformation that's possible, let's go. Let's go, man. Let's go. You know? So, yeah. And that, that all comes from that same level of confidence, man. So you raise your prices when you can no longer scale your business because, you know, you, you just don't have time to fit people in. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to be busy every single day because, if, like I said, if your Wednesdays suck, but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, you're dying, mm -hmm. you've got to raise your prices, you know? And by the way, I've had people say, you know what? I won't raise my Wednesday prices if you want to move to Wednesday, <laughs> you know? And you, by the way, just so people understand the psychology of human beings here when it comes to the reasons people buy from you only two, you know, you, the, the, lots of reasons go behind it, but it comes down to two very important things, value and convenience. And if you think for one second, people will give up their convenient Monday morning slot at 9 a.m. to go to Wednesday for a cheaper price, you are highly and sadly mistaken all right it ain't gonna happen yeah no chance the only reason why that happens is somebody's financial situation has drastically changed that's the only reason it happens right or simply can't afford it or you stop giving the value that they or you stop giving the value them. exactly exactly but other than that not happening yeah yeah not even moving yeah crazy right yeah no it's i love it it's great okay, thank you true. Totally true. Totally true. Guys, I just peaked up at the time. I mean, we, I, we literally just blew through talking uh, for an hour. Uh, and I feel like we're just, I feel like Dean's just getting warmed up here. I mean, there's just so much here. What, what do you, I'm watch I'm watching you nod and take notes the whole time. Uh, what are you taking away from today? Um, you know, the, one of the things I just loved about this whole process was Dean was pretty methodical, right? Because I think that's where a lot of us struggle is, I love all of this, I want to do it, but what are the steps? What's A, right. what's B, what's C? How do I put one foot in front of the other? And I loved how Dean laid that out today. I'm excited because obviously there's a couple of more steps uh, <laughs> that take us a little bit further. And I, I can't wait to, to hear those next steps. I think it's going to be great for everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. Dean, uh, we always love to leave our guests with the kind of the final words. But the first thing I want to ask you is if, I've, if I was listening and I'm interested in what you're doing. Um, how do we contact you? How do we get a hold of you? 
So the best place for people to get in touch with me right now is very simple. Just go to Facebook Messenger. Send me a message and we get on a quick uh, call or quick Zoom if they want. And we just talk about what, what, what you're having challenges with. And if we're a good fit, we go. But that's the easiest way to do it. No, no big hoopla. Hit Facebook Messenger, Dean Forbes, you're good to go. I love it. And obviously we'll have uh, Dean's Facebook page link down below. Yeah. Um, that said, our listeners are growing by the by the week. It's amazing. Uh, we're super appreciative of that. But um, everywhere from 18 to 80, uh, apparently, uh, somehow get value out of this a couple of times a week, which is amazing. Um, for those people who, that are just beginning their career or our, or our loyal seasoned vets who give us their ear and let us spend time in their car and in their earbuds, anything you feel like we left on the table or some final words you want to leave us with? Uh, no, I don't think we left. Well, first of all, with us three in a room, we don't leave anything on the table. There's, there, there's too much to go around, which is great. <laughs> I, I, first of all, I really enjoyed this conversation, by the way. And I don't know if you guys can tell or not, but I love doing this stuff so much. I'm so obsessed with this. It's like, I, I could go on and on. One of the things I do want to say, and the, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to sound a bit cliche right now, only because I used to be the guy that would judge this statement, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's absolutely true. You know, I used to hear some people that I follow and things like that, and they would say things like, you've never seen this before, or you, you don't hear this anywhere. This is not taught. Well, here's the truth, and this is a fact, because I've been in thousands of salons by now. I've worked with thousands of business owners by now, and I've worked inside and outside the industry over the last 17 years. Here's what I can tell you. Those four secrets that we're going to talk about, they don't teach you this. It's not taught in schools. Okay, and it is not taught in business. As a matter of fact, some of the gurus who, are, who out there are crushing it, they focus on these four secrets, but they don't teach it because they want you to keep coming back and buying. So I don't care what you're doing. No marketing, no strategy, no technique could substitute for what's going to go down on the next podcast. Not a chance in hell. That's what I'm going to leave you with. I'm so Absolutely love it. Yeah. Forbes, thank you. Every time we have one of these conversations, I walk away with a little bit more than I knew before I came in, and I love that about these podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we also walk away with a lot of gratitude to our listeners. You know, we, we, we're watching those listens go up. There, we, we hate to ask, but we know there's a few things we need to ask for. I don't hate asking. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Hey, for those of you who haven't heard me ask before, five-star reviews. You got the phone in your hand. It's down by your lap. I don't care where it is, but it's not that far away from you. Five-star reviews. You know you want to do it. You know you love this podcast. Share it with the world because every time you create a five-star review, an angel gets its, gets its wings. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah. And while that angel is getting its wings, it helps us move up. Um, you know, it helps us get more noticed in the podcast world help share the message. And if you're really being served by this, which we hope you are, um, you know, we'd love for you to share that with some other salon owners. The other thing we're going to ask you to do is to follow us on Instagram at 124.go, as well as Facebook. We're going to get more active on our Facebook page. And so if you're a Facebooker, then uh, follow us on Facebook at 124.go. And um, if you're a grammar, please tag us in your stories and we'll do the same uh, in hours. So thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Bye.